Welcome to Wine Not, a podcast by SA Winos for our monthly wine club members. In this season, we're exploring wines from Noble Hill, and tonight we're going to be tasting Noble Hill Estate Reserve White, which is, as Francois mentioned on the last cast, a unique white wine experience. Uh, we're joined this evening by Francois from SA Winos and my wife, Avery, to taste along with us and uh, enjoy this experience together. Francois, how are you? Brian, I'm doing fantastic. Um, really looking forward to this grape. Um, you're not this grape, this um, wine because of the grapes. Um, there are some very unique grapes in here. Some I've never heard of. Um, others I've heard of, but never had in a blend quite like this. So never, never in this combination. And that's kind of one of the things that I find very interesting about Noble Hill. Like there, there seems to be a, like an intense enjoyment out of experimenting with unique combinations, right? Like we had the Shannon earlier, 98% Shannon, and then 2% Viognier. Why the 2%? I don't know. It's a question for the winemaker that I'd like to ask. Um, one of the ones that, you know, immediately sticks out in this blend that, um, again, it's from Siemensberg. It's a, it's a higher elevation um, winery. Uh, most of what they grow is in granite soil. So you're going to get, you're going to be looking for minerality, just like I stated with the Shannon. You should see some minerality here as well. Um, and what we're talking about here are grapes that I've never seen, in some cases, never heard of, um, but in other cases, never seen blended together um, quite in this manner. So Grenache Blanc um, or Grenache for some you know folks out there, um, it is a, a it is related to the red varietal that everybody knows. Uh, it's mainly grown in the Rhone region of France. Um, also, northeast Spain grows quite a bit of this. So I've seen this in Spanish white wines, um, which you know from my my wife's side of the family, I've had quite a few Spanish wines. Um, so Grenache Blanc, you know, it's an interesting wine. Um, it is the majority percentage in this um, in this bottle. So you're looking at uh, 47% Grenache. Uh, they grow this untrellised, which is similar to what you'll see with the Shannon growth. Um, it's a very, you know, bushy vine um, that ends up getting uh, harvested a lot of the times by hand. Doesn't tell us here whether or not it does um, get harvested by hand. But what they do claim that the, you know, your, your bushy growth kind of encourages is a more even sun distribution. Um, and that gives you a more even, you know, flavor profile across the vine and whatnot. So whether or not that actually happens, um, I think it probably depends a little bit more on what type of grape you're growing than just, you know, letting it grow wild. Mm. Um, second one is a grape that I can almost guarantee most everybody has never tasted as a single varietal and that's marsan i have never tasted this grape outside of this blend um, i can't tell you what it should taste like <laughs> i can't tell you um you know if it's more on the chardonnay scale or more on the you know kind of uh your the, the lighter end of the spectrum, your Pinot Gris or whatever. I, I don't know where this grape falls. I've never had it in my life. Um, 
having looked up some facts about it, um, it's obviously it's it's white wine grape. Um, you're kind of seeing it more blended with Ruzan, which makes sense to me because Ruzan is a very, um, you know, it can be kind of a, a creamier white. Um, it is also from the Rhone, which um, I guess is probably why I don't know that I've had this single-handedly because Rhone blends are normally just referred to as that, right? They don't really tell you always what's in them. Um, looks to be that it's grown in other regions as well. I've never had it in Spain, so um, can't tell you what that should taste like. But in any case, um, been around for a long time. It is normally used as a blend from what I can tell. Um, it is one of the um, kind of more reddish white wines. And then a lot of people, you know, age it in, in oak and whatnot and can also be, um, you know, picked later and, and be a red wine, just like uh, Pinot Noir. So you can, you know, pick Pinot early and have a white Pinot Noir or um, similar to that, that kind of range. And then next is that old growth Chenin that they have, which, you know, you just had your um, taste of that earlier. And then they've got a 3% of the Viognier. Again, 3%. I'd like to understand what their Viognier you know, does to the blends because it, it, it seems to be a not sparsely used, but um, we do, they do sell 100% Viognier and it's a wonderful wine. Um, but when they add it to, you know, the estate white and the Shannon, it's in very um, small quantities. And I'd like to understand kind of what the winemaker is going for there because, you know, as a person who's blended, I don't know, an Arnold Palmer. If I take <laughs> black iced, iced tea <laughs> and I only add 2% lemonade, I've got iced tea, yeah. right? Like I, I'd like to understand kind of how this interaction is working um, a little bit better because I, I don't know that I can pick out the Viognier, but I'm sure if someone who, who you know, knew more about it explained it to me, I'd be able to you know, kind of taste it. Do you think the winemaker sprinkling in Viognier, like salt, yeah. salt and pepper at the end of the dish? <laughs> just a little, he's having a couple glasses and he goes, oh, I'll just add a glass. Yeah, just, <laughs> call, it, call it two, three <laughs> percent. Two, two tree, two tree cups in and you're fine. A splash, a dash of Viognier and you're fine. Uh, yeah. th this is a very, very unique wine in that like, I don't think, have we had a four, a four varietal blend? In white, no. Right, that's I what I was going to say. I think is... in red, I think in red, the accordance from Misha was four. Okay, um, but in white, no. And again, this is another you know nine month fermentation that happens. They primarily ferment this in uh, oak barrels, French oak, um, and then they also use the uh, large concrete. So if you recall from the Shannon, it was only the concrete vessels that they used. Um, this does get um, oak barrel fermentation and then also um, wild yeast population. So it does not, according to the winemaker, have any additional pitched yeast. So what you're tasting here is, you know, again, 100% organic <clears throat> kind of wild yeast um, inoculated uh, fermentation, which, uh, I mean, I, I quite respect that. Um, it's a very difficult process to hone in and nail down to get consistent results from. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it speaks to a winemaker that has honed his craft um, over a, probably a lot of trial and error. And I was gonna uh, coming out with a product this consistent is, is impressive. Yeah, uh, inoculation, natural inoculation like that also has to do with the weather that you're experiencing in the region during fermentation and planning a lot of that. So knowing when temperatures change, uh, when winds kick up, when, you know, uh, crops are in full bloom, you'll get a very different yeast uh, in the atmosphere than you will at other times. So I'm really impressed that this is all natural wild fermentation, uh, that there's no pitched yeast in this. This is very very good but if i i think i can taste it right like if if it, i don't know for me the the wild fermented stuff just has a certain subtlety about it that's very it, it i think it ends softer okay like yeah. if someone calls out the fact that they've done wild fermentation i've always found it to be less harsh at the back end and by harsh i'm being very picky yeah but I get, I get kind of, you know, like it, I, I'm going to go back to the farmhouse ale example. Like you have a farmhouse ale. There's a lot of flavor at the beginning and then it really tones off at the back end. Like it's a soft finish. It's not a palate wrecker. Um, whereas sometimes Sauvignon Blanc, for instance, all of it is pitched yeast yeah. for the most part. Um, we'll have little, you know, preview next month will be a straight up Sauvignon Blanc flight. That's what we're going to do for oh, middle of the summer. Um, and you're gonna taste, you know, what a a pitched fermentation is because that's the majority of Sauv Blanc is that way, um, and it, it just always finishes a little bit sharper. It's not quite as rounded on the back end. I would say the concrete fermentation uh, also has, has to something to do with it. If it's this wine is not sitting on stainless steel at all, um, mm -hmm. it probably does get a little more rounded, um, round a round more well-rounded experience rather than uh what you taste in a lot of stainless steel fermentation both in, both in wine and in beer uh you do get a very sharp crisp clean finish um but sometimes that little funk can round off some of those sharp edges for you know lack of a better term yeah. uh hey, we're, we're, we might be winos but we are by no means sommeliers so no absolutely we, not. we we describe things in the manner that they come into our brains i i feel like we we describe them as the people uh, because exactly. absolutely yeah. we're we're winos for the people i think i think michael scott would have said the people the people um avery you're already enjoying your glass yes you said f foreshadowing yes um avery what do you think of this wine so I do find a lot of similarities between this wine and the Chenin Blanc, um, but it it is very Chardonnay reminiscent. I feel like, and I and I think that's because of the oaked barrel process. Um, I'm a huge fan of any oaked Chardonnays, and that is what this reminds me of. It's delicious, and I think. Francois is absolutely right in that it doesn't have that harsh finish at the end. It's really soft. Um, and you would almost, I don't know, like when I taste it, I would almost expect it to be a little more like citrusy towards the end. And it's not. Um, so I really enjoy that. And I think this is a wonderful wine. I have thoroughly enjoyed the white wines in this collection. Awesome. 
Yeah, I uh, one I agree. These white wines are they're. I think you said in the last episode they're red wine drinkers. White wines, uh, they're very very complex. Uh, they're not the typical crisp white, crisp light whites that you uh, that you you know think of when you hear Chenin Blanc or um, you see some of these you know some of these grapes that are in this blend. Uh, but here's I, I I enjoy the complexity in this, and I say complexity, I mean like I'm I'm picking up similar flavors I've had in uh, craft cider. Uh, okay, some like bigger, higher alcohol ciders that I've enjoyed. Uh, some ciders that have set on oak as well. So I'm getting this not necessarily green apple, uh, but like a complex apple uh, finish. And that may be like pear or melon as well, but it is so good. Uh, I think one of the ciders that I actually had down in Austin uh, at Texas Keepers or Texas Keep, whatever that cider maker is down there, um, it was a wild fermented cider that was very, very good. It had a similar finish uh, to this one and or to this to this white wine. Uh, however, like to Avery's point, it's got a much more like full bodied mouthfeel. That yeah. is, it's it's like a hug. It's like a hug from from a hug of flavors, uh, and they're very 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 generous. Uh, I I, yeah. I enjoy this, and I could see how I I don't know maybe I'm at a, speaking at a turn on this one, but I can actually see drinking this one by itself versus the the Chenin Blanc. Yeah, I could see that one enhance being enhanced by food. This one, while food would enhance it, I can also see this one being enjoyed on its own. And it may be that I had a we had a very hearty meal tonight, uh, so we may be you know experiencing some of the rem, remnants of having that that heavy meal. But uh, it's very very good on its own for sure. I also feel like these are wines that could go into the fall and winter with you. I'm someone who's not normally a white wine drinker in like towards the end of the year. Um, just cause I tend to go for red wines cause they're warmer and, and I feel like these are definitely white wines that I would want to drink at yeah. that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, both of these, but especially this one, uh, it, it's very well rounded. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I don't, again, I'm not gonna, you know, say I, I didn't enjoy the Shannon. I really do like it. Um, I think if I were to choose, I'd probably lean towards this one. The Shannon is a, a tad creamy for my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't really enjoy a, a to me a Shannon. You know, the Shannon that I enjoy is crisp. It's got green apple. It's got this Shannon has a lot of those characteristics, but it is still, um, you know a Chardonnay drinker Chenin Blanc and that's okay that's that's what it's supposed to be and it tastes great um, I think what this estate reserve has done is captured you know the perfect level of crispness that I expect in a white with that um, you know kind of well-rounded finish it's not okay. it's not it's not soft enough to be called muted but it's well-rounded like you're, you're you're, you kind of slide into you know in, into first base on this one. It's, yeah, it doesn't it's, get in the way of anything. No, yeah, no, and that's why I think it can be paired with just about anything. But I would be I would be careful trying to venture too much into the meats. I would stick probably to you know a good cheese board, just like the Shannon would. You know, it would do well with that. Um, 
and then honestly if you're looking for something to pair with like a fruit salad or a fruit plate okay you're serving next to the pool this is it because i mean you do get some watermelon you know characteristics in the wine and so i would i would i would keep it very careful pairing this i would be very you know generous you could tell me you know that chenin blanco is great with the steak and i'd be like yeah okay i could see it um because it can do well with fatty foods i i can taste that it'll do yeah. well with pretty much anything fatty this one i'd be careful i would i would i would pair it with something fresh and crisp a good brie don't go too far into the blue cheese section with it you know like g give give us some muted cheeses give us some fruit it'll do very well or just have it like you said brian on, on its own um a great example of white wine making again though like it's you're dealing with um <laughs> I, we cannot stress this enough wild fermentation that is yeah. so difficult mm -hmm. it is so so difficult to do consistently well if you would like to you know kind of understand it just at a local perspective try to find a wild fermented beer in your local city i will tell you right now the likelihood that you'll find one is not very good um the likelihood that you'll find one that's done very well is even you know lower um and you will find that if you search for it you'll find a regular suspect list come mm -hmm. up uh you know jester king being high on that list uh you know several others that brian can name in just a second but your you're dealing with very few breweries that can do that. And well, yeah. here you have a winery doing that at scale. It's it's an impressive feat. And the breweries that you might find locally, uh, they are, going to be honest, they're probably cheating and they're not doing actual wild fermentation. They're pitching wild yeast or they're inoculating the beer before fermentation to give it uh, a tart flavor that mimics wild fermentation but to francois's point yeah jester king is available it's a wild fermentation wicked weed is out there they're wild ferment they do wild fermentation not all of their beers but a lot of them and then you start looking at um, globally available uh traditional belgian brewers uh trey fontainen and cantillon are two that are starting to become more available in the united states but they're the closest thing to wine in the beer world, and it's because of this wild fermentation that gives it such a unique characteristic. Some of those that you can find in no, this Noble Hill collection that we've talked about so far. You can so taste far. it. That's what I was just saying. I, 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 and I, I don't want to overstep because I, I, I'm not a person who enjoys wild fermented beer. Mm -hmm. um, it gives me heartburn. But the ones that I've tasted and now tasting this, I taste similar characteristics in this that I would expect out of, you know, a, a really light Jester King farmhouse ale. Like I just, I, t you can taste similarities there. Um, and it's impressive. It honestly, like it speaks to a process that, you know, is, is as old as winemaking and beer making itself. Absolutely. I've thoroughly enjoyed these white wines, Francois, Absolutely, and I yeah. cannot wait to see what the Cabernet has in store for us. Um, but for the listeners, uh, if they want any more information on Noble Hill Estates, how to get more bottles, or how to join the SA Winos Wine Club, what can we tell them? All right. So I was told I need to keep this shorter, so I'm going to try. We're going to aim for it. Okay? Godspeed. A um, couple things. If you don't have the socials, um, follow us by getting our newsletter. Go to sawinos.com, sign up for the newsletter, subscribe. 
You'll get all the latest info, new wine parties, whatever. Um, through there, wine party this month is going to be, or for July, is going to be July 30th um, from 4 to 8 p.m. We're going to keep it out of the heat of the day, uh, just like we did for June. Um, and then also, if you are looking to order any of these wines, uh, remember shipping online is free. So whatever you do enjoy, um, put in an order at sawinos.com. If you see something or if something's not listed or it says out of stock, feel free to send us an email or a chat. Uh, we can confirm that that is the case. We kind of keep the stock online a little bit lower so we don't run out um, locally. So there's always a chance. If it's sold out, it's not sold out. Uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, with that being said, thank you, Brian and Avery, for you know hosting and joining us again on, on the June version of uh, Why Not. Thank you, everybody, for uh, signing up and being part of the wine club for those of you that are for those of you just listening because you bought a bottle and you want to know more about the bottle thank you for buying the bottle um, and if you haven't bought anything that's fine um, hopefully we've enticed you to do so so go to sawinos.com uh, as Brian stated we've got the cab solve as our end cap for tonight or not for tonight for this series um, and I think you're going to be surprised by it so be sure to open it 30 to 40 minutes before tasting it, and we'll see you on the next one.